So when Clark Griswold in National Lampoon's Christmas Story yep. talks about the uh, non-nutritive food coating substance that they put on cornflakes yep. <laughs> so that they don't ever get soggy in your milk, yep. um, is that a real thing? Uh, that's proprietary information. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to SSR On Air. I'm Mike Rogers, your host for this monthly podcast brought to you by Smith Seckman Reed. Tune in as I interview leaders, colleagues, and clients about what is going on internally at SSR and in the larger engineering community. David, mm-hmm. welcome to uh, SSR On Air. So mm-hmm. we're sitting here today with David Cooper, who uh, runs our industrial group mm-hmm. out of Memphis. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about everything industrial and, and all the things that uh, that we do there. So. Um, first question for you is is just tell us a little bit about your your experience before you came to SSR, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. you, how long have you been here? I've gone on my tenth year. Okay, yeah. okay. So your prior life to SSR, maybe yeah. a condensed uh, Reader's <laughs> Digest version of of uh, your your trip here. Well, uh, yeah, I got out of college in '88, and I started working for one of the largest uh, industrial firms in the Memphis area. Went to took them resume. Uh, turned me down the first time, so I didn't have any experience. Then uh, about two weeks later, after I was like, what am I going to do for a living, you know, uh, they called me back and offered me a job. So mm-hmm. I worked there 22 years, and wow, okay. uh, it was a long time with that company, and uh, learned a lot of stuff. I worked my way up from a designer all the way to a director of their projects. So when you say a designer in that atmosphere, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, because most of the people in, mm-hmm. at SSR, you know, came out and, and were doing building systems mm-hmm. type stuff. Right. So, so tell me about that. What does that look like? Well, I, I, I have an engineering degree in construction, and okay. uh, uh, I started, they didn't have a place to place me at first, so they made me a structural designer. Okay. So I drew plans on ink on mylar. Mm-hmm. That's a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, yeah. uh, I remember. So uh, I worked my way up, and as they found out what I could do and that I did have an engineering degree in construction, they started getting me more involved into the project management and the construction side. Mm-hmm. So uh, I worked my way up, and um, so what, what the, type of what type of construction were you doing? What what were the projects like? Oh, we did everything: food and beverage. Uh, we did. Car, uh, Cargill was one of our biggest clients. Mm-hmm. Conagra was a big client of ours. Uh, a lot of edible oils, ethanol, the big ethanol boom. Mm-hmm. We were doing biodiesel, bioethanol, and all all over the United States. Uh, so we, okay. sugar plants, uh, paper, pulp and paper, we did it all. Uh, we were up to like uh, 750 people in the Memphis office, had two office buildings at the peak. Uh, we had at one okay. time a billion dollars worth of work on the books. So, desi- so designing the process plants yeah. all over all over the country yeah. for the most part. Yep, everything that we do now in my group we did there, but with just a ten times that. Oh, okay. Yep. That's wow. all we did was no commercial. We did all industrial. Okay. And it was heavy industrial, no warehouses. So yeah. you know, some people look at warehouses of being industrial and in some aspects it is Mm -hmm. but when we say industrial my group it's the heavy industrial the process Process. plants yeah 
that's yeah. what we call industrial. Yeah. So what what makes that up? I mean, when you say when you say it's a heavy industrial, what's inside inside the box? I mean, my 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 background in industrial mm-hmm. work was you know working for an AE firm mm-hmm. where they designed this box essentially, but mm-hmm. all the money was inside, mm-hmm. and it was the process and and the pieces that made it up. Now I was in automotive, so we were doing automotive assembly type processes. Mm-hmm. So what what is it that 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 you were working on and are working on? Okay. What's well, the difference? It's if you're we, we work on both 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 sides of it. Uh, more, I would call that more manufacturing. What you're talking about with mm-hmm. a lot of conveyors, shrink wrappers, yeah, uh, cartoners, and so forth, where you package the the product. Mm-hmm. The process side is all the pieces that it takes to make the finished product which the distribution center will take care of that. Mm -hmm. So in the process side, you have all of your vessels, all your heat exchangers, all your deodorizers, the pieces that actually take the raw product. Mm -hmm. And for example, uh, when I, edible oil, one of the most common things that you'll be surprised, but they'll say, you take an oil, they're thinking, you know, refined oil from to make gasoline mm-hmm. and you're making edible oil no, no 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 we're taking oil from canola seeds from sunflower seeds mm-hmm. that type of stuff and refining it into an edible oil which we send it through a certain process yeah so sometimes people try to say okay wait a minute oil is oil no, no it's not it's two different things <laughs> so right. Right. so but that's what we do my guys do they enhance the process and we expand the plants to make more of the product to send to the distribution so they can get to market and manufacture them. I got you. Okay. And so that's what you did essentially before you came mm-hmm. here and, mm-hmm. and you carried that with you to SSR and mm-hmm. started mm-hmm. the, the group mm-hmm. with that. Okay. So so tell me um, about the group as it stands now and, mm-hmm. and, and where you're working, a little bit about clients maybe. Okay. Well, we it all started with ConAgra. When mm-hmm. I came on board, uh, Scott Berry, and when he hired me, he put me out at ConAgra plant in Memphis, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So we, I was out there two or three years, and then we started expanding. I started selling more work to other places. But ConAgra is still one of the – they're about 54 55% of our overall market. Uh, but since then, we have really established relationships with – uh, Cargill is one. We're doing more and more work for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buckman Laboratories is really giving us a lot of work. Uh, they are really liking what we're doing for them. And it's all based on our model. You know, our model is that we we will either do some of the work or we'll do all of the work. And our niche is that all of my project managers are trained in taking a project from an FEL1 stage, which is front-end engineering, mm-hmm. to completion to where you send it to the investment committee to get approved. They're all trained in that stage gate process, mm-hmm. and all of the industrial clients that we have uses that. And being trained in that, we talk their lingo. I got you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but we are in... Uh, food and beverage, we're in chemical plants, we're in uh, dog food plants, you may not, but we're doing several dog food plants for gray construction and heels dog food. Um, we're doing, we're 
touching into more and more grain, which is the Cargill. They do a lot of sweeteners, ice cream sweeteners, fructose. They, they do that, and uh, we've got expertise in there. I brought a couple guys from where I used to work with. Uh, they We used to do a lot of that work, so that expertise is coming with me. Yeah, uh, We can do ethanol. We have guys that are very experienced in ethanol. Uh, a lot of these guys came... I've known them for 30 years. They've come with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got some new ones that we're training up. As far as the chemical engineers and stuff that we have on staff, we're training up. They're young, just out of college, so we're training them up. So, yeah, so I was going to ask you. So it sounds like there's a lot of chemical stuff going on, mm-hmm. a lot of chemistry. Yep. How are we, how are we converting this stuff? Mm-hmm. So the people that we have doing this work, mm-hmm. are, are they chemical engineers? Are they industrial engineers? Are they a mix? Are they just background of being in industrial plants? Or uh, how, little, how much do we have to know about the process, I guess is what I'm asking. Uh, a little a little of both, a little yeah. of all of that, really. Yeah. Uh, okay. The guys that are, when, when we have a process modification, taking a client's process and modifying or enhancing it, I normally assign it to a chemical engineer because there's a lot of chemistry with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like cooking. You got to mix so many chemicals together as far as a recipe, and they call them recipes, yeah. to get to the end product to where you make this certain type of chemical. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as far as some of the guys, they're mechanical engineers and they size equipment, pumps, heat exchanger, tanks. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of, everybody kind of just shares in the workload. But yeah. normally I have chemical engineers, we got mechanical engineers, we got electrical. Uh, you call them process, but they're more process industrial engineers. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's just a we can do everything that a owner needs us to do, especially now that we are starting to work pretty well with Williams Group uh, because uh, on the other side, uh, the, me, with the that, MEP side, MEP, uh, mm-hmm. and they support a they lot support. of what you're doing, right? That's right, buddy. Yeah, and and some of those guys have to also kind of switch gears. Mm-hmm from from uh, commercial work or healthcare mm-hmm. work or sports work into mm-hmm. the industrial world which is a lot more line voltage type things and it's a, it's it's a, a different, different mindset it's a different mindset yeah, yeah. it is yeah. Yeah. but we've had some of that i guess in the past too because of the uh, the civil environmental work mm-hmm. that we've done the, mm-hmm. those people that have worked on that work mm-hmm. can more easily probably transfer over mm-hmm. to your industrial side right no we're right now we're working really really tight with, uh, or close is a better word, close with Andrew's group, trying to get them into more of the industrial wastewater treatment design. Mm-hmm. Trying Andrew to, Johnson, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. trying to spread it out from just a municipality to industrial. And we've got several opportunities with ConAgra mm-hmm. that uh, hopefully it will be three successful projects come July or August that we kick them off. Yeah, well, because there's a lot of uh, wastewater treatment that goes mm-hmm. on with those plants. And, mm-hmm. and have we been involved in, in that to some degree? We have been involved with helping them okay. look at certain things. And, for example, uh, in California on their tomatoes, that's where a lot of their Rotel tomatoes are made. Mm-hmm. Tomatoes are very got a lot of uh, acidity to them. So the city requires, will limit you on how much you can dump into the waste stream. Mm-hmm. We are helping them now trying to evaluate that, and uh, hopefully they'll release us to do some pre-engineering here come June 1, and Williams Group, I've set up meetings with Williams Group and the plant manager out there to kind of help facilitate that. So So we we would theoretically pre-treat that or come up up with the 
the criteria to pre-treat it. Mm-hmm. Really dump it. That would yeah. that come up with criteria to pre-treat it to reduce the amount of acidity in it before it goes into the waste stream. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. yeah, so you got got some interesting materials you have to deal with there mm-hmm. too, and you guys deal with different types of material all the time, I mm-hmm. guess. And oh yeah. And that we we deal with all kinds of chemicals and safety is a real priority to ours in these mm-hmm. plants because mm-hmm. of some of the chemicals that we deal with could really do harm to you if you don't know how to work your way through a plant and i know we don't really turn branches but we're in the plants and uh, we're open to explosions i mean we're open to getting stuff spilt on us i mean Mm -hmm. we are crawling around the plants and Mm -hmm. so we safety is definitely a priority and that's why my guys are all safety trained uh, we are. We go through a, a course called TVTC training, and then we do a site-specific training at the at the owner's site. Because they'll have their own criteria. That's that right. They're, they're working. That's right. Too. And we adhere to the, the most critical one. You know, yeah. most of them. And we have some people that are permanently in these facilities. Mm-hmm. We are right now. We have four that is in that is on site in Oakdale, California. That reports to conagra every day and they have an office there and that's where they work and just an uh, extension of their staff doing doing design mm-hmm, work and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. are they doing project management of it from like soup to nuts going mm-hmm. out getting with the contractors bringing yep. them in evaluating the the bids mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. and then uh, managing those bids through the whole mm-hmm. process i've got project managers out there that handles what i call the money doing all that and then mm-hmm. i've got cms out there with construction managers handling all the construction to making sure that it is done as per their standards okay. and, uh, and then we use our other offices to do the engineering for that out there okay mm-hmm. but we don't cross the line we don't do the construction ourselves so we don't no. contract the construction ourselves Correct. we might manage it mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. we don't contract it. i like calling it a construction advisory role because we when people say construction manager, they're thinking, okay, you're overseeing the construction, which we are, but you're actually, your company is doing mm-hmm. the construction. Yeah. We're not. We're over, We're advising to make sure that it is done as per our drawings or another engineering firm's drawings. Yeah, you're representing the owner, Their owner. in that role. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, so how many people do you have doing industrial work right now? Uh, right at twenty. I say, I say that it's kind of it's kind of a hard question, right? <laughs> yeah. How many people do we have doing industrial work? Well, if you include the stuff in yep. MEP and and, yep. and so, but just strictly in your group, you've got about twenty, about twenty folks. Mm-hmm. Okay, strictly in Within. my group, and uh, if you look at everybody's, that number goes up to probably around forty. Yeah, I'd say yeah. it doubles it by the yeah. time you include everybody else mm-hmm. in that. So, mm-hmm. and uh, and so, where, where do you think it's where do you think it's heading? What do you think the next next thing on the horizon is for you guys? Is it is it broader broader relationships within Carhill and Conagra? Are, are are there others? Is there something beyond? I guess because mostly what we're doing now is 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 food type mm-hmm. facilities, food right? Food beverage, yeah. Um, do you see it going beyond that into something else? Or I mean, that's a big market. So it I is it? Yeah. Well, you know, I keep saying that it's going to slow down sometime, <laughs> but yeah. it's not. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm People looking. People got to eat. That's right. Mm-hmm. I'm looking three years out, and I can see us taking and doubling our revenue. And it's not going to be that hard, just because of just for example, Conagra. They got 51 plants, and we just got told that we're going to be in four more of them. So that makes about 22 plants. So wow. 
that's just Not amazing. Quite there. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. And then you got Buckman yeah. that is now giving us more and more work, mm-hmm. and I mean, just really, we have established such a great relationship. And then at Cargill, they have probably as many plants, if not more, than ConAgra, and we're just in two of their plants. So mm-hmm. I can see where that's going more and more. And uh, so I would love to say I, you know, I, I would like to have that crystal ball, but I can see our revenue doubling in three years pretty easily. And mm-hmm. I don't see any sign because of the, like you said, the people's got to eat. And when the, the COVID hit, Man, we were still working. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I oh, was yeah. still hiring during that time. Mm-hmm. So it's like yeah. it just keeps coming. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. so I don't – I just – I guess one of, the, one of the things I see is trying to find more people. That's, 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 that was going to be my next thing, right? So where do we find the people? And then what, is, what does that path look like? I mean, how do we get – how do we attract folks right out of college mm-hmm. to, to come? Because that's really who we need. Mm-hmm. We need we need people to train up. It's an apprenticeship just like anything mm-hmm. else in our industry. and. So how do you how do you see that? What are you looking for? And then what does their path look like? Well, to be honest, when we first started seeing this uptick, I was looking for more experienced people. Mm-hmm. Those are hard to find. Sure. So I backed up and regrouped and talking with human resources, kind of talking to other people also about what how they're doing theirs. Mm-hmm. I found that we're going to have to grow them. We're going to have to grow them, so to speak. We're going to have to bring them in here train them up and then you know make them want to stay with us and uh that's what i'm doing now i've got several young people coming out of college that we're working with now and we're actually training them and we're starting them from the very beginning we're putting them out in the field we're letting them see how things are put together Mm -hmm. and they may not be doing a lot of engineering in their in their field but they're learning the business from the ground up and that seems to be working everybody if they're being honest with me and talking to me they're really enjoying what they're doing and uh, knowing that they are a part of this organization and uh, they all like it too that if they're not in the field they're working remotely and they are mm. what is they called the generation z or x or whatever <laughs> they really want to work from home and uh, that is a selling point that we do and we allow mm-hmm. so uh, if they're traveling I don't care if you leave from your house and go to the airport as long as you get to the job site. (laughs) So, so, you know, but um, that's what I've had to do because Mm -hmm. I couldn't find seasoned people. I'm having to use the ones I've got and and use them to train them up the young guys. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm looking for now is somewhere in that zero to five year experience instead of having the 10 to 15 years. Sure. Yep. And so, and I think that's a great way to start. I mean, I think being out in the field, whether it's mm-hmm. you're doing design and you're going out and watching your stuff mm-hmm. get built, or if you're actually in the field, you, you learn a lot of things, not, not necessarily by osmosis, but you do pick up a lot of things mm-hmm. just by being there that you mm-hmm. never really understood how you learned it. You just did, right? Mm-hmm. So what does their career path look like? I mean, if, they, if they're out in the field doing, doing that early work and how do they progress along those lines? over you know the next five or ten years what does that look like to them well what what i've kind of set up and it's not cast in stone because everything is always moving but what i've set up is that the younger guys will spend about three months in the field doing their stuff then i will bring them in and let them work six months or so in the office to do more design and then whatever job i put them on i try to make sure they get to see it again in the field 
And I think that reputitious of going out in the field, going coming in, will give them more of a clearer understanding. And then eventually they will be in the offices, if they choose to be, be in the office doing design and trying to make sure they get all their credits needed and everything to get their PEs if they don't have the PE. Mm-hmm. And uh, try to, if they don't want to get the PE, then talk to them about where they want to go. Because so many of our so many of our degrees and what we do, you can go into multiple fingers mm-hmm. and, and see if you want to be a mechanical guy, if you want to be an industrial guy, a chemical guy, project manager, construction manager. Yeah. So we have that whole gamut of opportunities. Mm-hmm. That's, that sounds interesting. You know, it, it, uh, I think back on, on the times when I first started doing design work and things mm-hmm. and the lessons that you don't forget is when you mm-hmm. when you design it, and then you have to go out in the field and look at your mistakes. That's right. right? That's right. And watch them build it, and have some somebody mm-hmm. with gray hair look at you and go, "Why'd you uh, Why'd yep. you uh, design it that way?" Right. And and we do that, and and uh, I've tried to instill in my guys that guys, you're going to make a mistake. Mm-hmm. Don't try to hide your mistake. Mm-hmm. Own up to it, and we'll fix it. Yeah. And uh, that seems to be working pretty good. That they can come to me and talk to me about a mistake. Mm-hmm. or talk to me about a situation they see or so I'm trying to make sure they understand that I know you're going to make a mistake I make mistakes so I'm not going to beat you up we just got to fix it don't hide it and then at the end we go uh-oh you know one of the biggest things that I got to get these young guys to do to do is tell an owner if you're not going to have something before the due date don't wait to the day it's due and go oh by the way we're not going to have these drawings till a week later <laughs> tell them up front and you'll find that the owner will go okay thanks for the notice i can i can work with that you know mm-hmm. no they don't they don't want to do that because they're scared but they're young mm-hmm. and uh when you get a 25 year old guy right out of college he's not going to want to make any ripples <laughs> he's going to be scared to tell right. the owner hey no I, I won't have it done you know yeah yeah learning some humility along the way is always mm-hmm. the, the kind of the, yeah. the fun part about the job that you mm-hmm. look back on and go okay yeah I, I really kind of. And, and you know, I've had two of my guys tell me that they have never, they never thought a organization like SSR existed. That we're so willing to help someone learn, and we know that mistakes are going to be made, mm-hmm. and that they feel like they can come to anybody. And I, and I tell them, don't you don't have to come to me if you feel better going to John Ross or to another project manager or whatever. Go to them. Just let us know what the deal is. And uh, when I talk to everybody, I tell them, I give them best name. I, Here's my human resource partner. Call her if you don't want to talk to me. I mean, I'm an open book. And uh, But they just didn't realize, I mean, everybody that I've got just didn't realize about how how SSR is. I mean, and it's, I don't, once you learn, and I use this term all the time with John, once you drink the Kool-Aid, you're here, man. You're just here if you understand and realize what we're offering a person you're here and yeah. I, I truly yeah. believe that oh i do too i agree yeah. with you i agree yeah. with you so what what uh what are you most excited about going going forward where oh. where where do you where do you get up in the morning and get that that jolt of java from oh man i, I don't know what i'm not excited about number one thank the good lord that he let me get up uh <laughs> number number two is i really enjoy what i do my dad told me many, many years ago, if you enjoy what you're doing, you'll never work a day in your life. Mm-hmm. So I really enjoy what I'm doing. I really enjoy being around the people. Yeah. Uh, 
do I have challenges every day? Heck yeah. But I enjoy what I do. But one thing that excites me is just looking ahead is that the young kids coming up, and I can call them kids because I'm older than they are, but uh, the young uh, kids coming up, seeing them grow, seeing them really take on more responsibility, seeing seeing them laugh and, and, and seeing them have a good time at what they do. Well, thanks for joining today. Mm-hmm. I appreciate the conversation, mm-hmm. taking the time out. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us for this episode of SSR On Air. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. You can also connect with us on social media. Links to everything can be found in the show's notes. Take care, everyone. See you next time.